0: Hola, you're listening to Las Chicas del Crime, a podcast where three amigas sit down and talk all things true crime for Hispanic and American crimes. somos. I'm Osa. I'm
1: Kat. And I'm Jen. Y somos Las Chicas del Crime. So, hola, hola, hola. How are we doing? Welcome back, y'all. Okay, I'm gonna need y'all to sound a little bit more lively than that.
0: <laughs> Hi <laughs> Like, oh! come on. Yo, I need to take these lips filters off my lips. You because... know, I was gonna ask, but like, who you got this
1: lipstick on for?
0: <laughs> I'll be playing with <clears throat> little Zoom filters. Um but yeah. What up It's
1: all good. It's all good, it's all good. So nah, we hyped, today... so don't worry you're gonna get a lot of commentary right. from me bet so today i'm taking us back to mi country dominican republic haven't been there in a while okay. so we back um and my story has a little bit to do paying homage to hispanic heritage month i know it just passed um but because our calendar was set up the way it was set up it didn't fall in the month but we good it doesn't matter we're still here representing. So, um, this, my story today is going to be in, um, like I said, homage to Hispanic Heritage Month. Um, the beginning may not sound like it, but I promise work with me and we get there. Okay. (laughs) Um, because you might recognize the the name I'm going to say, and he, for no reason was positive to the Hispanics at all, but we're going to move on. Okay. So. Damn. Okay. So in the 1918, no, 1930s, I would say, um, Dominican Republic was facing some some crazy times, right? Um, I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with who Rafael Leonidas Trujillo was. Um, but if you don't know who that is, Welcome to history class.
2: <laughs> I've I heard that name. So Trujillo. I've heard that Did name.
1: Okay. Yes. Yeah, so Trujillo was the worst, probably to this day, one of the worst, if not the worst dictator that Latin America has seen, especially in the Caribbean, because we all know there's Fidel Castro and a couple of other people from Cuba. Um, but Trujillo was pretty much the worst one out of all of them. Um, he was in rain I guess you could say for about like 30 years um but a little backstory on him he entered the Dominican army in 1918 uh, actually let me go backwards he was born in October 24th 1891 in San Cristobal Dominican Republic um which I thought was interesting because October 24th is coming up so you know we always have those little weird I things know. in our I cases
2: mm-hmm. it's something about so, this
1: October it's to to air you
0: know? it's <laughs> no.
1: um so yeah he was born October 24th 1891 in San Cristobal he entered the Dominican army in 1918 and was trained by the U.S. Marines during the U.S. occupation in 1916 to 1924 um Yes, we, oc- we we were very much occupants of the Dominican Republic. Unfortunately, our history is not that great. Um, we actually backed up a lot of this, and I'm not proud to say that, obviously. So, anywho, um, he rose from lieutenant to commanding colonel of the National Police between 1919 and 1925, becoming a general in 1927. Um, Trujillo seized power of the military and revolted against uh, Presidente Horacio Vasquez in 1930. Um, from that time until actually, from that time, and 31 years later, um, that's pretty much the whole uh, life of his dictatorship. Um, but he remained in absolute control of the Dominican Republic through the command of the army because, unfortunately, you know, just like here. Um, commander-in-chief of army is pretty much head honcho of well everything um so he had absolute control and he also took control by placing family members and friends into office and um you know securing his cabinet of trusted people that will obviously listen to everything he said um and which also meant that he would by any means necessary, um, get rid of any opponent or anybody that stood in his way of, you know, his ideologies and what he wanted, as any dictator would, of course. Um, he actually became the official president, though, from 1930 to 1938, and then again from 1942 to 1952.
0: That shit
2: so.
1: is crazy to me. Why? like what, what is beeping like who's delivering at 10 o'clock i'm sorry <laughs> my bad like, <laughs> like the
0: backup
1: yeah me? the backup beep at 10
0: o'clock oh, like
1: God. i
2: don't see even though you know i feel like he was a pretty decent president within its you know whatever like obama you know what i'm saying like whatever i'm not trying to get political here but like he did eight years and, like, all right, that's enough, bro. Like, go. I, I don't right? think I would want Obama to come back and be like another eight years. Like, well, no, I feel like government needs something right, fresh, fresh time. Like, you mm-hmm. did what you could do or couldn't do, whatever within your time. It's now time Please. to do something, someone else. So, like, those, right. like, the, the years that you're giving me is just like eight years, 10 years. Like, that's fucking crazy. Like,
1: no, I don't yeah. want that. Yep. Yep. And which sense of again, like you're doing the math. So that means eighteen years of the thirty-one years he was president. Damn.
0: That's crazy. Like it's
1: that's nuts. That's nuts. That's really crazy. Um and of course, because of his background, you know, his training and all that stuff, he was obviously a very competent person when it came to business, administrating things, running business, you know, running people. Um, obviously ruthless in politics, but Oddly enough, he brought this like very different sense of peace and prosperity that a lot of the people on the island had not seen due to the previous, um, you know, state of the government and the occupation of Haiti and just a lot of the history from back then, um, So at first, a lot of the people, you know, were obviously in support of him because they very much had all these high hopes and all this shiznits. But eventually, the people started to pay the price because they started to lose their civil and political liberties. Um, And at this time, there was a very large Haitian occupation in the Dominican Republic who unfortunately suffered greatly at the hands of Trujillo and his regime because he pretty much ordered a ginormous massacre, one of the only few massacres dominican republic has ever seen and it was quite large which this is one of the many reasons that dominicans and haitians have a lot of beef um not not the only but one of the many um and it's definitely because trujillo had a lot of racial anti-haitian ideologies so that has a lot to do with it um and a lot All this to say, he was known to be a very aggressive man. He got everything he wanted, including when it came down to the ladies. Unfortunately, he was a ladies man, as most political, especially dictators, would be. um, And was involved in some sick things, as we can imagine. Not really going to go into detail there. Um, You know, had a lot of trades of things going on. And then eventually it even became so much to the point where the public... Um, like a lot of men would actually bring their daughters to him in his service because oh. of in hopes for money and a position in the government and all that stuff. So, yeah, the it oh. this time in Dominican history was very not nice. Can you tell me again what year
0: in?
1: I'm sorry, can you tell me again what year we in? We are in 1930. Oh, well. Oh, okay. Around the 1930s, yeah, yeah
0: this is 30. when this all really started. Okay.
1: <clears throat> so, yeah, so he was very much into ladies. You know, he got he pretty much got whatever woman he wanted, right? Well, this changed when he came to learn of the Mirabal sisters, Las Hermanas Mirabal, which this they're my favorite of part of the Dominican history. This is why I was so excited to share this story because <laughs> I've even gone.
0: So nice. oh. I've even
1: gone to the house that they've lived at before, and it's oh, a so museum.
0: Exciting.
1: Yeah, I had my I tried to have my mom look for pictures when we went because I remember the trip vividly, but for some reason she couldn't find any of the pictures, unfortunately. But um, I still remember it, and it was definitely a very beautiful place. Um, something to add on list if you're gonna go to Dominican Republic for sure. Please go check it out, and learn about our history because these women are some badass women. Mm. Mm.
0: Yeah. Would you say Kat? So when we go, you going back? Because we all Oh, of
1: course. Of course, of course.
0: Period. Of okay. course, of
1: course. So Las Hermanas Mirabal uh, were born into a family of farmers and they grew up in a middle middle class environment. You know, they had a pretty good amount of money. They're pretty well off. Um they were born in a town called Ojo de Agua in a province of Salcedo, Dominican Republic. Okay. Um, and as of two thousand seven, they actually named this province Edmanas Mirabal, which is actually cute.
0: Oh, um, nice.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay, so they, they were... were
0: their recognition. Okay, facts, facts, facts.
1: No, yeah, they. Once y'all hear this story, you're gonna, you'll, you'll know. But they definitely were them eight girls. Okay, they changed yeah, I, the, they, a... they paved the way. I'm
0: gonna give them one of these. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot we had that. I know. I um, <laughs>
1: so their their um their neighborhood, you know, their town, their people remembered them to be bright women who um you know took their education very seriously, which was something that they were very privileged because at this time a lot of women were not afforded the right to go to college and study and whatnot. And they were pretty much in private schools and in very high class education from the moment they started school. Um, so you know they were very well educated. They're very. They had a different spirit to them. They were humbled, um, very well behaved, and they were just well known. You know around the around their community. Um, the first, the eldest sister, Patria Mercedes, was born on February twenty seventh, nineteen twenty four. She was you know, homebody. She liked to sew. She was a gardener. She liked to cook. Um, her gardening skills were so great that she honestly inspired like all the farmers around them and all that stuff to build their land. Very similar to how she did hers, because it was just such beautiful work. Um, she was very playful, but she was also known as a very protective sister, obviously being the oldest. Um, and it was also said that she was actually leaning towards being a nun up until she met her husband, Pedro Gonzalez, and they ended up having four children. Wow. Um, I love that
0: her name is Patria.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I like it. Um,
0: to be someone for her country with with that very
1: much. So very much. So Dede, which was her nickname, but her given name was Belgica yes dominicans be playing with these names (laughs) (laughs) um bejica was born february 29th 1925 which is literally if you guys remember the dates it's almost exactly a year to the day of her sister because her sister was born february 27th 1924 oh well so her mom obviously didn't waste no time but um yeah she was the second oldest Um, she had, she ended up growing to have three sons of her own. She was the sister that was pretty much in charge of the family business of the farm and helping the father take care of the store because they would sell their produce kind of like a little market store. Um, so she was a homemaker out of the sisters and yeah, she was the only one that actually never went to school. The three sisters were the ones that got college degrees and all that. And she didn't go to school, um, like college, she was educated, just didn't go to college. Uh minerva argentina which remember her name minerva oh minerva Mm. she was the third sister she was born on march 12th 1926 um is the one that initially got involved you know with really wanting to make a movement for her family um this started while she was sent away to a school immaculada concepcion was a Catholic school. Okay. Um, and in, this
0: school... Real Catholic. <laughs> and in
1: this school, and in the school, she came to make a friend who eventually educated her on who Trujillo was and what was going on outside of their privileged world.
0: Uh-huh. And,
1: um, this girl, unfortunately experienced Trujillo's, um, regime firsthand because her father was killed at his hands due to the fact that he was not He was a rebel. He did not agree with the regime. So he was killed. Um, so coming to know this information, (laughs) right. Um, coming to know this information, Minerva started getting really inspired and was like, yo, this is wrong. Like, you know, this, we shouldn't be going through this. No one deserves to have this much power. And this was really where her, um, passion for change started. Um, she eventually went on to go to University of Santo Domingo, which at the time was called Ciudad Trujillo. Like he named the entire island after him and his family and all his people. I'm like, how much ego could you have?
2: Right, how much ego bro. could you have? All those fucking.
1: People.
2: I know because I just I was just reading uh, like a book to like Mexican history, kind of refresh my memory and like. Is giving me so many flashbacks, like all these fucking people who like you know took over our countries and was like, well, this is this and like right now, like the fuck.
1: Right. I'm like, uh uh-uh, bro. Step up, step aside, step aside. <laughs> yeah. Um she so she went on to study derecho to become a lawyer. Um she completed her studies and was the first woman accepted to study law to study the profession, but she eventually went to get denied the right to practice law and was never granted her diploma. We'll learn why in a little bit. Oh. Um, just keep that in mind. But she, outside of that, obviously, you know, grew to be a very strong diplomatic person. She had a very, um, very big love for politics, politics and reform. Um, so she took her career with her and really, you know, paved the way in, in, in a lot of ways, which we'll come to learn here in a second, but her, her education didn't go to waste. Um, she went on to mm, get married and she had two children. Her husband remembers her as a beautiful, smart, strong-minded woman with a beautiful heart and beautiful smile. She uh, was determined and had many talents. She was a painter. She was also a gardener. She loved to read and write poems. She liked to listen to music and dance and she was an exemplary mother. Um, she even, so much so, she loved her kids so much that she would hand-stitch them clothing and everything. She was very, you know, detail-oriented and family-oriented. Her daughter um, recalls her to be a vital woman, resourceful, strong temper, and very defined and very intellectual and outgoing. Yes, um, for... I
0: th- um, huh? I said yes for all of that. Right.
1: Um, Maria Teresa, which is the youngest, um, was born October 15th, 1936. So her birthday just passed. Um, She looked up to Minerva. She followed her footsteps and was pretty much always there at, you know, listening to everything that Minerva was uh, was sharing about, you know, the regime and all that stuff. Dede, which was the last surviving sister, really recalls their relationship to be very extraordinary between Minerva and Maria Teresa. Um, She said that she, this was like the strongest admiration she had ever seen between two people. Um, Maria Teresa went on to getting married and had one child. Um, So for a very long time, as you can hear with some of their background and whatnot, you can probably understand that they were sheltered, you know, they stayed at home in the books or very much, you know, doing things on, you know, homeland or whatever, didn't really go out much. They tried to stay out of the way, um, because their dad didn't want Trujillo to get any sight of them or any whiff of them. You know, he was trying to protect them away from what could possibly happen. Right. Right. So, however unfortunately this did come to change when there was a um event a high society event and you know back in the day high society events were like gallows and stuff right um, and and level dic- right and under dictatorship unfortunately if you do not go it is seen as a sign of rebellion and disrespect and you could eventually yeah. lose your life a girl can't right. have a day off? Sheesh, <laughs> I don't want to party tonight. Okay. So, because Trujillo invited the Mirabal family, not just the father, um, obviously they had to attend and present. And Trujillo saw Minerva from afar. Um, they didn't interact at this party, but it sources and witnesses say that he did very much have his eyes on her at the party. So much so that a couple months later, he ended up creating another event. And basically the event was to meet her in person, to get her to meet him in person. Sneaky little thing. Facts. So he sets up this party. And as I mentioned before, when you're invited under dictatorship, you gotta go. Another rule that Trujillo insisted on was, is that you could not leave his events before he left.
0: Well, oh my god he like be, yeah, he had to be tired. the first
1: okay he had to be the first to leave and if you left before him it was seen as a sign of disrespect like come on bro how childish i see
0: her be. i gotta go
2: he saw like me and my birthday my, my birthday
0: celebration <laughs> oh, oh, my. i see her i gotta go what okay. that
1: Okay, I'm on, you know, I'm ready to eat some food and get in my jammies. Like, uh-uh, I mean, fiesta I is go. done. No. <laughs> like, I I work to tomorrow.
0: BS. I'm
1: good. Right, right, that too. Shit, we gotta go to work. What
0: you mean? We go to showed up. Okay, them
1: chickens go. need attending tomorrow morning, dog. The farm <laughs> needs attending. I gotta go. The sun rises, I gotta rise.
0: <laughs> Grand right. rising, bitch. Come on and have you all night long till okay.
1: the. Okay, el merenguito bachate, okay. Well, back then bachata wasn't, bachata wasn't allowed back then. It was seen as música de de cabaret. It was stripper music.
0: Oh, For y'all no. who didn't know that,
1: bachata was actually known to come up in the strip clubs, and it was very low class stuff. So. Bachata really didn't become a thing thing until like Juan Guerra, Aventura. Yeah, later, later. um, Damn, that's
2: uh, Anthony Santos. It's like, a slow, uh,
1: slow song that I don't want to see no ladies twerk to that at the strip club. Well, bachata is not. See, that romantic slow bachata is new stuff. It's not the original bachata, bachata. Original bachata is much more like a beat in... I don't know how to, I'm going to have to, I'll I'll put some on, I'll put some on. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, um, but yeah, so anyways, so the party came about, and the Mirabals attended, and they arrived, and, um... Minerva was approached by Manuel Moya Alonso, which was one of the officials under Trujillo's magi- regime, and he asked her to dance. And poor Minerva was like, Yo, I'm not feeling good. I really don't want to dance. You know, she was trying everything and anything to be like, Nah, son, not with you, I not don't here. Want it. <laughs> not today, Pineapples. Pineapple. <laughs> go away. <laughs> Pineapples go away.
2: These parties were either party or die.
1: Like, okay. I'm, I just, I. I still cannot. It's literally show up or you finna die. Like, yeah, like
2: there's no in between. What kind of whiskey like,
1: business is this? What if,
2: like, you're mean, you are in the know, ER about to die? Like, let me go bro, party? I thought of
1: that too. I was like, he had to come up with doctor's note. Like, excuse me, Trujillo, el doctor dijo, I had to have bed rest. <laughs>
0: have oh. a fever.
1: I asked my grandma, I was like, Grandma, was this really, cause you know, my grandma was, my girl's probably like, Ten or so during this, um, maybe actually no, because she was born in the twenties, so she was probably like fifteen or sixteen around this time. Mm-hmm. And I asked her, I "Was like, Grandma, what was this about?" She goes, "Yeah, it was like that." She's like, "Honestly, you had to be indoors at a certain time because your family wanted you to be safe because he would." I oh, well, I'm gonna get into this, but I'm you know, it, okay. it was just a lot of things that happened that if you did not follow certain rules, you would be in jeopardy of getting in trouble or captured and well he didn't want either so um anyways minerva couldn't sway alonso and he insisted insisted she's like conyo whatever fine and gave in and danced with the guy eventually he did the whole twirly twirl and then pass on to the next person and well who the fuck do you think he passed her on to
0: Trujillo yes oh my god now that they set that up with those okay
1: not a whole plan that he put together fucking creeper and boys long behold she's finally face to face with this fucking kook and he's asking her questions about um politics and if she likes politics and all this stuff and she's like no it's not really my thing you know acting stupid really not letting him know who she is deep down as smart woman she is she's she was probably like no not really my thing but i ain't trying to die okay as they were talking and dancing and he's asking her questions and all this stuff um basically there's this part where he's like i guess i crossed the line um this was specul, this was said from her husband and like her other sister that were actually there as well um in a documentary that i watched um, that he had like said something fresh to her and she gave him back like a very um stern response with a lot of dignity. And so they said that she slapped him, but it wasn't like an actual physical slap. It was more like you know, like she slapped him with her dignity because she was like, nah, you're not gonna play me like that. I'm not like that, I'm not the one. I don't care if you're Trujillo. No. Yeah. So oh, I know that's right, Queen so um you know she basically left the, uh, a strong impression on him but right when this happened it started raining so um basically like raining really really bad so the family kind of like burst out everybody just started running out you know to get into covered area whatever and the family ended up leaving
0: no no holy they left. Fuck. Yeah, so the Mirabals
1: ended up leaving, and obviously Trujillo figured it out and realized it and, you know, got all his pennies in a bunch and sent off his people behind them and said, Follow them, capture them. And well, thankfully, Enrique Mirabal, the father, was room, room, step and step and because could not find him. He was out. He said, Not my daughters, not today.
0: Yes, he said, We are about to
1: yes, Okay. So, Mr. Mirabal saved the day until the next morning when they showed up at the house and Enrique, Minerva, and their grandma were held prisoners for two months in a hotel in La Capital because Trujillo was upset. Oh,
0: my God. So,
1: what a- at this time, I know, like, what, like, you bitch-made, bro. You use bitch-made.
0: Seriously, because... <laughs>
1: uh, so... This event. Damn, somebody's dog is mad. Um, this event it inspired um uh, Minerva to really hone into her lawyer background and really was like, nah, you're not gonna hold me prisoner and like not see consequences about this shit. So um mean huh? You broke up. Yeah, you broke up a little bit, would you say? Me? Yeah. I just said clean. Oh, oh, she was <laughs> it sounded back. different because he broke up my bad. Um. Mm-hmm. But. So real quick, go back. I'm going to go back real quick. Remember how I said that she was denied the right to become a lawyer in practice? Yes it was because of that night when she insulted him basically and, and stood up for her dignity he never forgot that and when he had to sign off because back in the day under his whatever he had to sign off on the degrees or whatever
0: what a bitch. so she
1: graduated but he withheld her diploma withheld her honors and she was not allowed to practice because he never wow. forgot because
0: wow. his little oh, ego he got hurt
1: it's good that go bitch made bitch made beach made. anyway um so once she was finally freed you know and everything and her family was back home and and whatnot this is when she was like you know what and she put everything together and really started to create a movement against Trujillo and his regime but they had to be very 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 careful because During the evening time, he would have um, like secret spies and cops and stuff going around in the old Volkswagen buggies. Oh, my God. And yeah, and so the family said that they they who was one of the main witnesses in the documentary, she was like, you know, we would be terrified of just hearing that motor coming down the road because she was like, you don't know if it's your neighbor about to get captured if you're about to get captured she's like you don't know who told on you for saying what because back then there was just so many spies and you know so many people infiltrating that you really had to be careful with what you spoke about to who you spoke about so because they were starting this movement you know they had to be very quiet and they had to handle this with extreme care and extreme privacy and precision Um, To avoid getting caught by any of the spies, because also the hard part was, is that a lot of the domestic workers, you know, like housekeepers and the nannies and all that stuff also were the spies. So they Mm. would be telling, you know, if any of the families were going against the regime, because honestly, bro, like the Trujillo regime was so extreme, that like it was to the point where like some people would even have like pictures of him in the house, like shrines of him and all that stuff. And everybody oh, yeah. at one point would even be like, um, gracias a Dios y a Trujillo. Like he was like legit, like swore he was a, me- a demigod type of thing.
0: This and- is Handmaid's tell Eyes vibes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because
1: yeah.
0: the security beat the motherfucking snitches where they were supposed to be. Except the one. Because <laughs> he said, fuck all that. <laughs> I love <laughs> you No.
1: I never finished that show, so I definitely have to catch up. Um, But oh. it also kind of gave me the heebie-jeebies, to be honest with you. I know.
0: It did for a little bit, too. I, had to, I literally stopped watching it, I want to say, for like a whole year. Like two seasons came out, and I'm like, mm, not ready for it yet. And then <laughs> this year, I think the last season came out earlier in the year. And I was like, all right. Let's just finish this whole thing. And it was so good. I was like, I'm so glad I finished
1: because I have to get on it. They got real in the end. I got to get on it. All right. So, so yeah. So for all of these reasons, you know, they were just trying to be very inconspicuous. Um, they're not trying to get captured because if you get captured, you get tortured, killed, all sorts of things. Um, I mean, it was honestly said that, like, if they captured you because they knew you were trying to like overthrow or go against or whatever, like they would beat you, they would take your fingernails off. Some men said that their genitals were tortured. Um, they would throw things at you and like spray you with like, you know, pressured water, um, humiliate you and like just say all sorts of things. They would chain you up in the jail cells and just hold you captive for days on end, months on end. Um, they would use electrical chair abuse and they would also use electrical cords to whip the prisoners, leaving their backs gashed and gross. Um, so that's what they're trying to, you know, work against. They definitely don't want to get caught. So with that said, um, you know, during the day they would play their roles like perfectly fine. They were all the homemakers planned, all the meals, did all the finca work, you know, everything that their day-to-day normally would consist of, they played, no suspicions. Right. But at night when everybody around them, the whole town and everybody would be asleep, that's when they would, you know, put the radio on and listen to the news and, um, the independent news that was coming from like a different country and all that stuff. So it wasn't biased through Trujillo. Um, so they listen to that slow. They would also, there was points where they even made like homemade bombs, um, out of like, you know, uh, uh, what the fuck is that thing called gunpowder and like a whole bunch of different household things mm-hmm. or whatever like they they knew what they were doing they they were very effective and resourceful women let me tell you why because it, the were- <laughs> it was the four sisters it was the four sisters because they they helped um she wasn't as involved as the other three but they, they would help so it was the four sisters and their husbands and then of course other local people whatever that would come in at night you know and it would help but um Because of this um, secret operation, they named themselves Las Mariposas, the butterflies. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, that was a code name and they made like a kind of like a code language to make sure no one understood what they were talking about. And out of all of this came Movimiento 14 de Junio, the movement of 14th of June, um, which was when all of the young people finally got together and did the revolutionary act um, of the secret meetings um, to finally tailor the overthrow of Trujillo. However,
0: they said, we threw with this shit.
1: mm -hmm. However, unfortunately, there was a traitor among them um so within a few weeks most of the group uh which was mostly upper middle class um youth had been arrested and taken into custody um at the end of the month more than 100 members of the 14th of uh 14th of julio 14th of julio i can't even spanglish is what it does to you um 14th of june were caught and most of them were subjected to indescribable torture in the prison la cuarenta and a few of them actually ended up dying because of the torture uh, injuries.
0: Wow, that's bad.
1: Um, Finally, under the pressure from the Catholic Church, Trujillo permitted the woman to go free on parole. Um, and later, some of the men's freedom followed. Um, many of the important leaders were kept in prison, including Manolo Tavares and Leandro Guzman, which were the husbands of Maria Teresa and Minerva. Um, because Trujillo thought that keeping them in prison would probably make them shut up and stop their their plan, what they were doing. but he, he sure did, girl. Thank you for saying it, because he thought he so thought wrong. wrong girl,
0: because what he top didn't top.
1: realize, exactly, because what he didn't realize is that Manolo and Leandro were true riders. They said, either way, we out here for our babies. We got them, yes, they got us.
0: Uh, true
1: riders. So... Um on November 20th, nine no November 25th, 1960, which was the year my mommy was born. Um Trujillo Trujillo decided that he had enough of the trouble. He had enough of the sisters and he was like, you know what? I'ma meet with them. Oh. I thought you was about to say he killed him. Oh, pero pera they. oh my god okay so the helped set up a meeting between the sisters and their husbands um who were incarcerated and the women were like the fact that he helped us with this is a little mm, they were a little suspicious the family grew suspicious and they didn't feel too comfortable and safe going alone so they asked rufino de la cruz which was a family friend who was a little bit older he was a farmer and one of their drivers to accompany them you know so they wouldn't be alone. There were three women alone. Um, because, so I just said three women that were alone because Maria Teresa, Minerva, and Patria. Patria, even though her husband was in jail and really didn't have a reason to go, she accompanied her sisters because as the older sister, she was not going to let her sisters go alone. True right around there. So the right. three women head to the prison to see the husband's. And, you know, they have a meeting, the meeting's going okay. They're um, sharing information, they're catching up and, you know, being very hopeful that they're going to see their freedom soon and all this stuff. And the husbands were like, you guys need to be careful. We have a feeling something's going to happen. We think this is a setup for you guys. Like, please be careful this at the third. And then, you know, they, they, they made a plan for the woman to go home, gather all of their belongings. And when they were free, that they were gonna come get the men and they were gonna go move somewhere else and restart life again. So the woman left, um, as for whatever reason, some the, the visit was ended abruptly and the woman had to leave. And at that point, because of the way the, the meeting was ended, that's when the husbands were like, something's gonna happen. And they just were very unsettled and uneasy about the situation. But the women were like, no, nothing's going to happen to us. It's not, you know, Through he'll let the other woman go. He's not going to kill us and all this stuff. So on the way back to Sarcedo, which is where the, the family lived, um, the sisters were ambushed by five men that were waiting for them. In this spot this spot, no, no, this spot. I can't even talk. This spot called Marapica, which was known for being a bridge and a curb. Which you can kind of, where the curb and the bridge ended, you can kind of hide, and you couldn't see the car. So that the car was stopped right there. And when they noticed that the sisters were coming down the street, they pulled out and ambushed them and stopped them right in the front of the road. Damn. Um, so the sisters were like, what are you doing? What are you here? What are you doing here? This up the third. And the guys were like, we have, we have direct orders from the colonel that you guys need to follow us to a specific location. So as this is happening, a social security truck pulls up behind them and Minerva is able to run to the truck and say, tell the Mirabal family that the sisters are getting killed. We're going to get killed. They're killing us. We're going to get killed. And oh, wow. witness reports say that they're like surprised that they even let these people survive because, you know, that's oh, le- leaving a trail.
0: right? But right. they left
1: them alive. They left them alive. One of them threatened the people and he was like, if you tell anybody, we're going to kill you or whatever. But obviously they didn't stop him. He told. Um, but the last thing those men were able to see was when the five men were dragging the sisters into the car and having one of the assailants drive the car away instead of Rufino to ensure... That they were actually going to follow the directions.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and at this moment, that's when, you know, it was basically known that something was going to happen to them, unfortunately. um, They reached the sugarcane field. They were dragged into the field. And at this point, the men actually started beating them with sugarcane sticks. You know, those are hard. It's like a bamboo stick.
0: Yeah, I was just going to um,
1: say. Yeah. So, unfortunately, the sisters got beaten to death by sugarcane, um and then once they were finished beating them the assailants put them in the car and eventually made it seem like the car drove over the cliff and that's how they died but obviously we know that they were dead before they got put into the car um unfortunately or for fortunately for them i guess to have eyewitnesses there was actually a young boy and his father not too far around from where the situation happened and all of this is in a very mountainous area of the island so the car is pretty much going down a mountain and a cliff and all that stuff and it's just sliding down at this point point. and the guy says you know we heard it we saw it and at this you just saw when it like hit the hit the bottom unstopped and, and he's like we didn't hear anything nobody moved he's like you know we called the police and in the morning the police came or by the morning the police had gotten there and started to remove all of the debris in the car and that is when unfortunately the three body the three bodies of the sisters and the body of rufino de la cruz were found in the car um
0: wow. it was said
1: also the neighbors some of the surviving neighbors um at that time I remembered seeing some of the blood on the street and it was raining that day so they said that you, it was just like a waterfall of blood they said um like just washing down the street i was like i couldn't even imagine that type of scenery like that is crazy could you imagine seeing four bodies getting pulled up and all you see is just bloody water just all over the place wow um which is crazy because Tono, which was the nanny of the children of the Mirabal sisters, recalled waking up that morning to a sensation that something had gripped her hand very tightly and she had heard a voice that said, my son, my son. And in that moment, she knew something had happened to Padria because she had made a pact to Padria that if anything happened to her, she would, you know, remain charge of her son. And in that moment, she said that she knew she had a feeling that something had happened. And sure enough... Uh, sure enough, at 10 a.m. in the morning, Ramon de la Cruz Mirabal, which was one of the nephews. Um, actually, no, before that, before 10 a.m., Jaime Enrique Fernandez, which was the son of Dede, which was the, the last living sister, recalls in that morning that Tono had said the girls haven't come home. They haven't come home. And the mom, Chea, was like, me la mataron. They killed him. They killed them. Wow. And so... Yeah, that- yeah, she says she knew. Mm-hmm. At 10 a.m., the nephew said that he was at the hospital identifying them. And he was like, I couldn't believe what I saw. They were just thrown in a corner naked with nothing but a sheet covering them. Oh. Um, Unfortunately, the death was ruled an accident, but everyone knew that this was no accident. They knew who was behind it and they knew why they just couldn't speak up about it, obviously, because no one else wanted to get killed. But unfortunately, like I said, Trujillo made sure that the public thought it was an accident. Um, It wasn't until a few years after Trujillo's death that the truth came out about the sister's murder because the um, coroner had actually released his report saying that when he was in the room doing the autopsies, their neck were basically just hanging like the head just you could do spins with the head because it was just snapped yeah um and he was like that's not conducive to just a car you know a car wreck and he was like i can tell that they were dead before they were put in the car um
0: and then i'm sure so when like the of the sugar cane too
1: on their mm-hmm. body yeah all the contusions and all that stuff exactly so when that report was you know made public and all that that's when obviously everybody felt relieved to know that the that what they thought was the truth was really the truth in the sense Um, and it was justice, you know, obviously they deserved to know people deserve to know the truth. Right. Um,
0: absolutely. So
1: obviously, right. So the Miraval family obviously was devastated because not only three of the sisters were killed, but they left behind six kids in total. So, um, you know, that's, that's a big responsibility to leave behind. And the fathers were still in jail at this time. Mm -hmm. Um, they were in the jail called La Cuarentena or no yeah no the 40 sorry um and at this time they hadn't they hadn't heard about what happened yet until a guard had actually come into their cell and was holding a newspaper and gave them the newspaper and that's when they saw the news that their wives had been killed no um, um And so at this point, obviously, as you can imagine, the death of the sisters and now that the truth is really out really angered the country and everybody was pissed off because they're like, you know, these women, they were good women. They came from a good family. They wanted to help their country. You know, they didn't deserve this and all that stuff. And now that they knew what was going on um, and all that stuff, it wasn't until six months later where um, on May 30th, I know that I had already mentioned Trujillo died and and that's when the truth came out, but I forgot to mention this, I'm sorry. But six months later of when the deaths of the the sisters came out on May 30th, 1961, while Trujillo was being driven to a meeting with his lover at the moment, um, they ambushed him and shot him to death. Um, Many of those who participated in his rise to regime were actually the very same people that ended up killing him. Oh,
0: wow. Good for them. He mm-hmm. doesn't deserve no one to be loyal to his ass. Too bad they mm-hmm. turned on him, but I'm glad they kill him because... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Oh. Yeah, so, I mean, like if you- the, the, the truth hadn't come out yet, but everybody knew what was going on and everybody knew that he had killed them. So once they, you know, once they put two and two together like yo he's out here killing women now two for sport now you gotta go and so obviously eventually good thing six months later they were able to finally ambush him and and take him out but yeah it sucks that it even it took all that you know for really them to to say the truth about what happened to the sisters but um
0: yeah unfortunately
1: but did the husbands ever like get to be free I was just going to say that. So after his death, now that he is dead and the regime basically fell and all that stuff. Yeah. The husbands did see freedom. Um, and they lived pretty long. I mean, actually they were all three of them spoke in the documentary that I watched to get a lot of my information. Um, and they lived, they lived pretty long lives. Yeah. The three husbands spoke the sister and, um, actually the four husbands spoke each husband of the sisters. Um, the last living sister who she died in 2014 from pulmonary fibrosis or something like that. Um, and then, um, Minerva's daughter, Min- Minu Tavares Miraval actually grew up to become a congressional representative and vice foreign minister. Okay. In the, yeah. And Dede's son, Actually, was one of the vice presidents um, from a few presidencies ago. Okay.
0: So, our, pe- our moms couldn't do it, but we damn sure got up. Right. In the government. We that, got up So the there. legacy
1: very much lived on, and and the Mirabal family really did serve what they came to serve. Uh, unfortunately, you know, the, the killing of the sisters is really what incited that, but at least their work didn't go to vain, which is, you know, really cool. Um, but yeah. And now because of that, um, there's actually a whole day, um, for violence against women. Um, so the November 25th, which is the day that they were killed, um, is now known as International Day Against Violence Towards Women.
0: Wow. That's good. That's really cool. They were able to to make those strides and open those doors and really like you said their their death wasn't in sadly in vain um right good reform came from that and and their legacy definitely lives on absolutely absolutely
1: um so that is the story of la hermana mirabal the mirabal sisters aka the butterflies um I strongly suggest going on YouTube and watching their documentary. There's also a movie called In the Time of the Butterflies with Salma Hayek and I can't remember who else. Um it's a great movie. Some of it is a little dramatized and not accurate, but overall it is a great movie and you know it does do a good job of depicting the story. Um but yeah Salma Hayek is I believe Salma Hayek is one of the sisters if I'm not mistaken the movie.
0: Familiar, but I'm not really Mark Anthony is also in it. So i don't know if i have seen it or i'm just making it up in my head that maybe i know what you're talking about you
1: probably have honestly you probably have you just don't remember but definitely check it out in the time of the butterflies it's also a book um there's yeah Mm -hmm. there's a lot of literature around the mirabara sisters and a lot of information online um but yeah they are thanks to them dominican republic was freed and Um, the feminist movement did start. Unfortunately, women are not as high regard still in Dominican Republic, but
0: Okay, I just Googled it and the book cover is why it sounds familiar because when I was in middle school, I used to work in a library and I used to always like check the books in and out and that's why it sounds familiar. Uh, I remember this book.
1: Yes, yes, yes.
0: Oh my God. I never read it.
1: But wow, that's crazy. No, I, I'm story. Read it. And it's definitely, definitely a good story. Good job. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah, it's one of my favorite history stories from the island, just because there's just so much, you know, perseverance and resilience. And back then, you know, to have three highly educated women be so brave and courageous. It's is something that you didn't see, especially to stand up to a man like Trujillo. Like, bro, honestly, I could do a whole series on his regime, and it is just is a lot. My mom actually has a whole book on him. Crazy enough, but yeah, that is the story. That's the history of my country. I hope you guys enjoyed.
0: That was good. I don't know if
1: you've heard of this.
0: Not at all. Yeah. That was definitely good. Well, you, in you. retrospect, I need the book, but I never need the store. Well now you do. Yeah. I like it. it was- and I was actually
1: really excited that there's direct testimony from the husbands and the sister, like from people that were directly impacted and there to live a lot of this stuff and clarify a lot of the things that are out there. Um it was very accurate. So yeah, cool.
0: person experiences and testimonies and and storytelling, it's it's the best. I love when I'm like covering a case and I find that even if it's just from one person, like when especially when it's a case that's like that old. Yeah. It has like a big not to say that like, you know, obviously we cover a lot of cases that no one's even heard of and there's like one person who knows what happened and barely anything in the news or online. But um, when it's such like an old historical case and there's actually like someone, something that can construct it from their point of view during yeah. times, the best. That's what I really liked when I did uh, fucking Griselda Blanco because there were so many people. Oh, like, yeah. We lived that. And I'm like, oh, my God, tell me more. It's just because it's such a different point of view. Like you see the
1: truth because, you know, a lot of the shit that we're given, documentaries or movies and stuff, it's dramatized So yeah. to hear like factual information, you'd be like, yo, I want more.
0: Yeah. Tell
1: exactly. <laughs> me the real stuff. Yeah. I you guys liked it. Thank you. Thank you.
2: Love it. I loved it.
1: Thank you. Thank you. And, you know, like always like, rate, subscribe, share with your friends, let them know we here, we out here. Share us, share with us any stories you guys want us to cover. Um, also, maybe any missing people y'all know that are out there that need help getting their name out, please let us know. Us let us know.
0: We and uh, a quick, even though we have ready to post about it, but a quick, because not everyone follows us, but the oh, yeah, listen, some updates, which we yes, love. Yes. Um, Big shout out to all of y'all because we hit 10,000 downloads and 500 followers. So we're really fucking stoked about that. So thank you very much. If you're listening right now you. from you. wherever in the world you're listening to because we know we that we're you. listening to from like little tiny corners, little tiny countries, and we really love that and appreciate that. So thank y'all yes. very much.
1: And please. Again, leave us a comment somewhere or review. Let us know where you're oh, listening from. Podcast. We want to interact with y'all. Um, send us an email at that point. At gmail.com. We want to hear from you guys. Um, I will say also, we did hit 10,000 downloads, but at this very moment that we're talking, we're like at 11,000 something or other downloads. So, yeah. Thank you guys. And this is a year later of nothing but organic work. We ain't pay nobody. We ain't paid promos. We ain't stealing nobody's work. Okay. Right. Out here. Original shit. Okay. So thank you guys.
2: Period.
1: Okay. Happy spooky season two. for that.
0: Spooky. Ooh, you, you cutting out, oh, yeah. sis. So bad. What'd you say? Oh, I said spooky. Again. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: I'm done. <laughs> I mean, good thing this happened at the end now. Let <laughs> oh oh, me stop recording. Bye. Oh, bye. 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 Thank you
2: for listening to Las Chicas del Crime. We hope you join us next time for another episode full of crime and cheesem. Follow us on all social media: Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, which will be listed in the description of the episode. Please rate and review as this helps us build a bigger audience. Gracias.